What's new, Nate? Back in black. Dude, it feels like you it's been 84 years. I'm like I feel like I feel like with you in this podcast. I feel like we've been done this like eight times this year. And it feels like every other week I'm like, or every six weeks or however many weeks it is, it's like, oh, I'm back. Uh, you know, I just feel like I, I it's it's just been the year for us, really. And it's only getting crazier as the fall goes on. So, you know, we'll see. See how it goes. So so what is new with you? Do you remember how this works? Yeah. Uh <laughs> no, not really. But Travis Emily, did you Travis? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um no, new with us. I mean, it's just been a whirlwind of craziness. Not only did Media to write an article where they quoted you, uh, they wrote an article about Florida that was actually like had good information in it, which I was very happy about and uh, well written. I feel like it was concise to the point, not overly long with a bunch of crazy stuff that it didn't need to be in there. Uh, I felt like it was a good article and I'm glad we were able to get the word out to on a national level about these RHAs and like the future of a lot of states. This isn't just Florida. This could be a lot of states, right? So um, I thought it was well-written. Kudos to you for getting it out to for hounding them about this and um and everybody else who has emailed me or all that other stuff uh this little the little podcast that could really yeah that was pretty phenomenal um i loved that too nate that i, I love that they they got it like mediator instantly got all of our concerns and they were able to put such a fine point on it and that was very validating after saying it over and over and over and over to the authorities, the authorities, it sounded like the police came and arrested us <laughs> <laughs> saying it to the commission and, and them struggling so much to even understand what we were saying about the future and like not being able to conceptualize what the lakes in Florida will look like in 10 years. And then, you know, one conversation, two conversations with meat eater, they instantly were able to see that Florida is, is where we're all looking now as to how this, these concepts are going to play out nationwide over time. So like, yeah, that was super validating. And, and I felt so immensely relieved that they got it and they gave it a voice. So, um, yeah, ditto on that. What's new. Uh, yeah. I was super proud of it too. Uh, if you missed it, we will put a link in the show notes, but, uh, meat eater did a, I think we jumped straight into it. Meat eater did a article on the restricted hunting area discussion in Florida and, uh, Maggie Hudlow is the writer. And then meat eater actually has a waterfowl editor now his name's Sean Weaver. And so both of them, uh, really helped us out with that article quite a bit. So it was, it was kind of refreshing to have some reception from meat eater. So we reached out to him in the past. I mean, I, we've been quoted in meat eater before, but um, this was like more of a feature type situation. And, um, I was really proud because that doesn't happen without all the pressure from all the people. It wasn't me. It wasn't Emily. It wasn't Nate. It wasn't Dan. It was just a, a bunch of people pushing in a bunch of different directions. It was all the nonprofits that got on board with us. It was, uh, the, the representative Schof and Gregory, like it was, it was a complete team effort. So I got to be the guy that got quoted, but that's cause I had to, I got to be the guy that got quoted. And so, um, anyway, Super cool to be a part of that. Yes, it was very cool. What is new with you, Emily? We have a new review on Apple Podcasts. I'm happy to say, uh, it has some hieroglyphics in the title. I think we call those emojis nowadays, but 
It's called Where Do I Begin? Duck Bacon Leaf. Five stars from Christina Redfish Weber. Nate, we- do, you, do you know who, who Christina Weber is? I do. I do know who that is. She's a longtime friend of Travis's and me by extension and a fellow outdoorsman. Conservationist. Conservationist. Big time fisher. And I think the last episode Nate was on, we did keep and release and I kept Christina's podcast. That's right. I think, I think that was the last time Nate was here. So we talked about Christina some and Christina came back and left us a review after I left her a delightful review as well. So there you go. Yeah. Let's hear it. Let's so, hear the review. As usual, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show. Come hell or high water. This is the review from Christina Weber. Emily, you know that part in Bridesmaids where the two friends are giving the brides a speech at her engagement party and where she says Lillian and looks and tilts her head? Please accept this message as if this is that speech. And then she says, Emily, eyeball emoji, thinking emoji, tilts head awkwardly, stares into your soul silently. Hold on a second. That's the first paragraph. (laughs) Hold on a second. Have you ever seen Bridesmaids, Emily? I have not, but I understand where that she's going with this and ditto back. Nate, have have you seen Bridesmaids? Yes. And you would love that movie. I need FYI. Yeah. Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, I think I think Terry Crews is in that. He's got a he's got a cameo in it. I only know this because I looked it up because of this reference for Christina. Go ahead. If I don't see it before the island next year, I'm gonna watch it at the island. We're gonna have a movie night. Boom. Okay. Back to my review, she says. If you're looking for a podcast to fill that deep craving you have for something serious, funny, educating, with folks who are legit amazing humans and well articulated, you found it. Honestly, I get so much joy out of each episode. I always leave with a better understanding of what's happening in Florida or what I can do to contribute in a positive way as an outdoorsman, even something as simple as upping my snack game. It's also scary to me how little I know about our state. Getting the information from another fisherman makes the processing easier. I'm also brand new, like infant new to duck hunting, and I'm learning on my own. The fear of not knowing what I'm looking at and not wanting to leave a mark in a negative way weighs heavy on me. I do a lot of sitting and watching, listening to the wealth of knowledge floating through each episode. really helps me to take each hunt with more confidence and gratitude. It gives me all the fixings and feels y'all just rock. I love you guys. Thanks for all you do. Can we talk about really quickly? Nate, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Christina has a fear of feathers. (laughs) Like a phobia. I I wish I could see Nate's face. Like that's a thing. That's actually a thing. She, she doesn't touch feathers. So I don't know how she would fly fish. I don't know how she'd be able to fly fish because she has a fear of feathers. Like, huh. like, yeah, I've never met anyone that had this, but Christina Weber has it. Anyway, delightfully enough, she has a net for scooping up the ducks. I don't know how she cleans them. She was sweet talk Andy, her boyfriend, into cleaning them or something, but um, she has a net so she can scoop them up without touching the feathers, which just makes me love her. Is that like more. a friend named Annette? It yes. comes with there and scoops up. No, the- it's not okay. Annette Funicello or something. Anyway, oh, what's new with you, Trav? <laughs> there we go. We have the awkward pause that we have not had in three weeks. Um, what's new with me is we're going to do a hallowed ad in a second, but I got two things. One is a big week for us because we have the meat eater article, like Nate mentioned. Also, we I am doing a hunt to eat camp with, with Martin Patelis and Cindy Stites. I'm doing it with Matt Pierce, of Florida Cattlemen's Association, friend of ours. We've been doing some duck hunts together and stuff this year. So we're putting on this hunt to eat camp that we're really excited about. It's going to be great for new hunters. Um, and 
lot of buzz around now on the internet. So it's been really cool. Like you said, Nate, it's a little podcast that could, like we keep getting these opportunities like that two years ago would have just been like insane. And now M said it the other day. She's like, you're really nonchalant about the fact that you had an interview with meat eater today. Yeah. He did casually walks in. He's like, I just got off the phone with meat eater. Are you ready for dinner? And I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Time out. <laughs> Cause three years ago we would have all lost our minds. So it's just really cool how far we've come. It's really cool. And I, like I said earlier, I hope it's, it's a team thing. Same with that camp. I get to get, be the guy that does it, but we got a lot of folks in our community. that are volunteering to help and stepping up and it's going to be a really cool thing. And, and hopefully we can put on some more of that type of stuff and, and show uh, Florida, how conservation and duck hunting work together. That was the first thing. Second thing I got to tell you about is before we get into our main segment, um, Cameron Bissell is going to be joining us. He's here. He's, he's in, we don't say the studio when we're all on zoom, right? What do we say in the, you can say whatever you want. Cause we make it all up. He's in the world. Oh, he's here in the studio. So there you go. Um, uh, and Cameron, because he can't respond to this cause we got him muted right now is wearing his daughter's pink headphones, which are incredible. <laughs> so that's, adorable. that's awesome. Um, but before we get to the main segment and we talk to Cameron about duck hunting, we need to talk about our good friend, Fletcher Hallett, Hallett Insurance, 904-315-5812. It's duck. Did you see, did you guys see Brad Ferris's truck? Yes. On our Facebook group. This is an on the spot ad that I'm doing like out of thin air and sorry, Brad, for get, throwing you under the bus here. But Brad was running an alligator hunt. He's, he's a rancher in South Florida and he's running an alligator hunt and, uh, one of his guys, one of the guys who's guiding shot the hood of his truck. He, I guess he, he had it cantilevered on the, on the hood and you could maybe even explain this better, Nate, but. Yeah. If, I mean, you can YouTube it. It's happened before. Um, <clears throat> this is not a new thing that like has never happened. So he probably just propped it up on the hood and like the, through the scope, you can probably see fine. There's no obstruction at all, but because of the way the barrel was, angled on the truck stuck a what seemingly was a 30 caliber hole through his hood Ugh. um luckily it didn't go into the anything important it looked like it just kind of skimmed the hood so in and out um so he has two nice little elongated 30 caliber holes in his hood so i bet that's a really cool like whistling noise when he's driving down the road but I say all that to say we this came up in our private cast and blast Florida the group Facebook group, and uh, Fletcher chimed right in. He's like he starts talking about how that would be covered almost policies and giving advice on how it's treated, <laughs> and that's how you know that you have a fantastic insurance guy that is one of us is when he understands alligator hunting and you accidentally shoot the hood of your truck. So give Fletcher Hallett a call nine zero four three one five five eight one two or send him an email f Hallett at HallettInds.com. Emily, how do you spell Hallett? Double the L's and double the T's. Hallett for all your insurance needs. Yeah. Welcome, Cameron Bissell, back to the show. It's the first time in a couple months you've been on since we started the book club back, I think, in like June. Yep. That's, uh, gosh. Yeah, it's been that long. <laughs> and the book club's still going. I think you guys have a meeting this coming week, right? A, a thing about a choppy. Is that the book you're reading? Yep. What happened to Ochoppy? We mentioned that in the first time I was on too. So it's kind of come like full circle. I, I'm going to join the meeting this week, but I will not, I have not read the book. Sorry. I'm behind on that, but I know you guys are doing Sand County Almanac next month and I'm looking very much forward to that one because that's one I've read many times and 
could probably discuss right now. So I'm, I'm really pumped about that. And I think we'll have a good big group on that, that next meeting. So uh, thank you for doing that though. It seems like everybody's having a lot of fun with the book club. Yeah, it's, it, it's been a lot of fun to, to just hear people from all different age groups and all different approaches to agree and disagree on the same book. So we had you back because we were, you, you had pitched to me the idea of, Hey, I've got a bunch of questions about duck hunting and we're going to get to those questions here in a minute, but coincidentally we had you back. We're recording this the day you went on your first duck hunt. So where'd you, where'd you go on your first duck hunt? Who'd you, who'd you go with? Like, give us the, can, wait, can I Emily, say Emily wants in here. I, I followed your first duck hunt on social media and it looked quite miserable. I would like to say, as far as duck hunting goes, it looked like a miserable hunt. So I'm really looking forward to hearing how this went for you. Well, uh, ignorance is bliss. We'll put it that way. I had nothing to compare it to. So it was a wonderful hunt for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. So I actually sent a message before um, or during the the application period to uh, Justin Morales, one of our cast and blasters and, and a local Naples ite, I don't know, an, another local here. And I was like, all right, man, where should I put in for? And so he gave me a list of spots that he would choose. And I said, all right, if I get any of these, you're going to take me because I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I drew a Friday morning. Um, so early season teal hunt for STA three, four, which is in the middle of nowhere and looks like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so, so that's where I, it's where I hunted. And, um, and those, those STA hunts have, uh, you can bring two guests. So Justin was one and then, I wasn't sure who I was going to fill for the next one. So I put it out on the group and Ted, I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Radzinski, I believe he'll, he'll have to forgive me because he's as sleep deprived right now as I am. So he might not notice, uh, but, uh, so he came all the way from the other coast and we met at, oh, two in the morning, uh, <laughs> at SDA three, four. So that's how I started. So how did the hunt go? Like, did you guys, did you guys beat them down to wear them out? This is a quota hunt. This is like the STAs generally speaking are one of the best hunts in the state. Did you guys just pound them? It was terrible. It. <laughs> so, so last week, the, the gate, gate check, the FWC crew up there was like, oh yeah, it was like 246 ducks they took. Um, we saw two. We shot one. I missed it. <laughs> can, can I ask a follow-up? So before we get into some of your questions about duck hunting, I have to ask a follow-up. There was a rumor floating around among text messages and messenger today that potentially you destroyed a decoy. Um, was there some confusion and you thought it was a duck? Like what, what happened there exactly? Okay. So, so the, the situation that, that was had, and I got to say before this, of course, cause you, so we decided Thursday evening after I got out of work at like nine o'clock and I'm eating a cold leftover dinner of whatever my kids didn't eat, like dinosaur nuggets and mac and cheese and stuff like that. Um, Justin's like, dude, let's just, let's go tonight. So we drove most of the way across the state at midnight 
got there at two, stared at the inside of the car for two hours, were first in line, got in the water to our spot at like 4.30, and then shooting light wasn't until 6.42. Uh, <laughs> so we laid on our kayaks and stared at the stars for like two hours. It was awesome. But our discussion was, hey, if something lands in the spread before shooting light, as soon as shooting light, just water swat it. You know, any way you can get your first duck, it'll be good. And there's some splashes and some ripples. We're like, okay, maybe there's something in the spread. It's still dark. It's, you know, it's gloomy. And then, you know, we've got a patch of Ted's decoys on one side, our shooting lane with a mojo on either side, and then uh, Justin's decoys on the other side. And we're all staring dead ahead. And they go, I think that's, I think that's a duck. I go, are, are you sure it's not a decoy? And they go, no. Well, it's moving. And we didn't put it there. So shoot it. Mm-hmm. And so the alarm went off because we set it for 642. So at 642.01, I shouldered that shotgun that I had not fired before, by the way. <laughs> That was also a discussion of like, well, when when'd you get this? Like ah, a couple of weeks ago off gun broker. Um, so threw it up. Gun did not explode. Whitewater swatted this thing. It rolls over and then it rolls back up. Awesome. So did you get like, are we going to frame that and put it up in your house? You yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I've got the shell. Like, okay. okay. So, so that that'll be my memory to begin with to you figure out where decoys are. <laughs> Generally speaking, when someone explodes a decoy, we make sure that they end up with a decoy as kind of a uh, as kind of a trophy, but also a yeah. Go ahead, Nate. Well, it could be used as a baby rattler too, right? There you go. Chicka 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 chicka, or a macarena. You can use it as a, in a band because of all the steel shot that's rattling around that decoy now. <laughs> yeah, you don't get that kind of fun with foam filled decoys. So, no. so Kim. Mm-hmm. What I heard there was you kind of indirectly blamed Justin and Ted for you shooting the decoy, which I think was smooth because they're not on here. The no. other thing I have to point out before we get into our our, our kind of waterfowling basics is um, you, <laughs> Justin posted a picture you passed out asleep on the way home. And I really feel like Justin Morales, and we, we've all met Justin a number of times. I really feel like he's kind of taken on the dad role in the group. Like, like he was almost like a proud Papa. Like, mm-hmm. like, look at this, look at this kid that I took duck hunting, even though you guys are probably the same age or whatever. Like it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, and I have to, I know we're getting into the, the duck hunting questions and all of that, but like all of the stuff that some of the bigger magazines have talked about of like duck hunters having fist fights and, and they're their own worst enemies and all of that. Like, I've had three different individuals on our group offer to take me duck hunting. Two of them who I've never met were willing to drive across the state with me to try to help me shoot something other than decoys. Um, and when I posted, you know, Hey, I've got this, this opening for, for this STA hunt. I got like six messages from people saying, I can't hunt it, but my friend limited out here. This is where we did last year, like dropping pins for us to check out far and above i'm i'm floored by by the level of of care and consideration that the duck hunters in our group have and yeah, justin and and ted were just they were motivated to kill ducks but they were most excited to see me kill a decoy <laughs> 
So, so let's go back. Let's go back because this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. You've got a list of questions here that you wanted yeah. to ask this because we wanted to record this before early teal season. I got sick. Then we got schedules out of line. So um, Nate went on his like 19th honeymoon. I, I no one could, no one knows what's going on there. First honeymoon. Nate is correcting me with his finger. First honeymoon. Um, so hit us with some of these questions that you have that you kind of wanted answered. And we thought, man, you pitched it to me and I was like, this is a great idea for a show because it, it gets mm-hmm. some information out there that maybe some people don't know. So you, you ask them, Nate's yep. going to start the discussion. Emily will weigh in where she wants to, and we'll walk through them. First one on the list is what types of ducks can I hunt in Florida? Like we got this early teal season and, and things like that, but like what ducks can I shoot here? Uh, <clears throat> it depends uh, a lot on different factors. So <clears throat> the STAs themselves, you can kill just about any species that you want aside from like a mallard, greenhead mallard out there. And I'm sure some of those have been killed out there too. Um, <clears throat> the STA is one of those places in the country where you could one minute get a fulvus, a teal, a mottled, a pintail, a widgeon, or a ringneck duck fly by at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the rare places in the country where that actually happens. Um, <clears> then <throat> that's a rarity kind of in Florida too. It, it's isolated to those type of impoundments where there's lots of food and um, it's kind of regulated and, um, anyway, uh, or some private land, shallow ponds, uh, like on cattle, cattle ranches and things like that down South that can happen too. But on like bigger water in Florida, bigger freshwater, you're gonna shoot a lot of ringnecks. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get some teal and you'll get a model or two probably, but it's mostly going to be those three types of ducks on, um, <clears throat> smaller more heavily wooded areas you're going to get some wood ducks <clears throat> like the specific lake that travis hunts a lot uh has lots of trees around it and lots of food for wood ducks so you're going to get a lot of wood ducks uh and then some teal and stuff mixed in <clears throat> on the coast you're going to get redheads and uh bluebills and bluebills are lesser scop is what they're called um and those are diving ducks so uh, they feed by actually diving in the water instead of puddle ducks like teal and florida mallards uh feed by just tipping their nose in the water and keeping their butt in the air um <clears throat> so florida is one of those states where you can kill a lot of different things now you're not going to get a lot of greenhead mallards like you would see in some of those magazines you were mentioning earlier mm-hmm. those are more like a midwest type of thing mississippi flyway central flyway even the pacific flyway has a huge mallard population um but uh but yeah, Florida is pretty unique that you get a lot of different species depending on where you go and you can, you have an opportunity and you can kill any of those species in any place They can just show up one day, but those are kind of one-offs. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty unique. That was a good answer, Nate. The thing I would add is coastally, we also get, um, buffalo heads. That's when you left out. We'll get a lot of buffalo heads coastally, um, cans you can get on the coast or you can get them in some of the bigger lakes. We even have some lakes that'll hold common golden eyes um, consistently almost every year. I hear some guys killing them, and I, I've heard of some of those being killed coastally too. They smell like a shrimp bucket. Uh, but Nate's exactly right. Like Florida's super unique because you're not going to kill many geese here, but you will kill. I think I think we we did on the hunt 41. We we really talked about what could you consistently like if you if you had the time off and you could spend all 
all season in the state hunting ducks, how many could you expect to kill? And I think we landed at 25. I think, I think you could consistently kill 25 of the 32 ducks. So, um, that, and that's without like a stray old squaw or, or, uh, or, uh, uh, there's a Harlequin every year that comes down or a cinnamon teal every year that shows up or whatever, like, like without any of those kind of aberrations, um, because we also get like we get sea ducks, we get some scoters out there. You can get some strays in on that stuff. So, Florida is really unique when it comes to duck hunting specifically. Emily has a question. I I do want to just say though, like you can't kill all of those things all the time throughout the season. No, and there's that's that's so I think what Nate your, was saying. Oh, okay. I did I did black out there for a minute. So sorry if I missed that. But check your local listings for what you're allowed to kill. And well, when. when this airs, it'll be after early teal season. Obviously, early teal season, you only kill teal and wood ducks. But the rest mm-hmm. of the season, basically, you can kill one of any duck. So that's what we always tell new people is if there's three of you in the boat, you're not supposed to party shoot, which is the idea of me killing all three ducks. But if there's three people in the boat, you know that collectively you're all shooting and the ducks come in. You can put three ducks down before you got to figure out what the next ducks are. So, um, that's always the worry people have with model ducks specifically. So I think that covers that question. What what else you got? What licenses do I need to duck hunt? Luckily again, since this has happened already, I do know what I need, but hypothetically, if I haven't yet hunted, what licenses do I need to duck hunt in Florida? I'll take it. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you need a, a hunting license and you need a duck stamp. That's not all. And you need uh, what's the third one? Nate, do you want to you want to do them or you want me to do them? You need a hunting license, a migratory bird permit, a <gasps> state duck stamp, which is a newer thing as of a few years ago, a federal and a federal duck stamp. <clears throat> you those... need four things to duck hunt. Correct. I hate everything in the world. Correct. Why do they make everything about duck hunting so hard? So. You know what? God bless America. Used to, there actually was a duck stamp for Florida. There was a contest. And I don't know if this is true. I've always heard, though, that it cost more to run the contest than they made on the stamp sales. So they did away with the stamp and they went to a just, you're buying a permit for five bucks. I think it's $5. And uh, if you go onto FWC's app or whatever, you can buy like the gold sportsman. If you're, so you're not required to have a WMA stamp unless you are waterfowl hunting in a wma which can't happen um so there's some other stamps you could be required but for most public lands waters what nate just said those four things and the migratory bird permits one i get asked about all the time that's really just the survey at the end of your license when you buy it it asks how many ducks snipes rail you killed Mm -hmm. last year snipes is not a word so um but you check all that it fills out the hip data and you get the migratory bird permit yeah but if you go on uh fwc's website and you go to purchase license, they have like a little, they have like a thing at the top where it's like different groups of licenses. So if you like, I want a freshwater fish, this is all you need. This is, if you want a turkey hunt, this is all you need. And they have one that's like the duck hunter and you click on that and you hit add to cart and it puts everything in your cart that you need to shoot a duck in Florida. So they make it pretty convenient, even if it is like four things, but you know, all that money is going straight back into conservation. So, you know, you feel like if it's four things, it's four things. What what did you end up getting, Cam? Uh, so I went and I every year I grabbed the gold license. So 
I, I've got the the WMA and I've I've got all the the basic hunting licenses. Then I got migratory and I got the duck stamp as well out of it. And I, I basically went through and double checked and probably reordered things that I didn't actually need to order. Uh, <laughs> and then I think I accidentally you know donated a couple of dollars there too because they make it really tricky to be like, no, I'm a cheapskate and I don't want to donate anything. It's like one of those ads when you buy something on a Facebook ad and it's like before you leave now you can double your order of whatever you're buying and you get extra ones all right give us another question and from my release last time talking about ammunition and how difficult it is to find with with how bare most shelves are and even online retailers what's let's go with a 12 gauge what shot what shell should i buy for standard just waterfowl hunting in the state of florida you want me to take this one too no yeah go for it (laughs) no uh yeah i mean i think most ducks in florida are killed with three inch number fours or three inch number threes a lot of people shoot twos as well just for that extra little bit of oomph um but i hunted for years with three inch number fours or three inch number threes and killed every type of duck you can think of um a lot of people now are moving towards like the business stuff like boss which you know i'm shooting this year and i think travis shoots that too um and it gives you a little bit more for the shot size right so your number fours are going to have almost double the um the shot amount like the number of pellets than you would in a steel shot and it's going to hit like a number two steel because it's denser steel is pretty light and it's a pretty light metal that's why lead it has way more knockdown power because it's just denser um but with uh you know with this new business stuff it's it hits more like lead but in a non-toxic format so you can shoot ducks with it um but anything you get i mean if you can get it buy it especially right now um because whatever you do, depending on the shot size, you just have to shoot them closer. That's the big thing. Like with a two and three quarter number six steel, you're not going to kill a ring neck at 40 yards. You might knock it down, but you're probably not going to find it. It's going to dive. It's going to do something. I, I was going to say, I, I think the one caveat I'd make as a guy that duck hunts for a living is if this is not the season. I mean, Cam, you kind of alluded to this. This is not this, and Nate, you alluded to it too. This is not the season to be choosy about what you're shooting. Like if you can find ammo, you buy it and shoot it. Fortunately, we have a lot of ammo. So I'm, I'm able to be choosy on a daily basis. That said, I shoot, I'm shooting exotics. So I'm shooting tungsten, I'm shooting bismuth, or I'm shooting mixes. Uh, if I'm shooting a mix, I'm shooting a three, five. So it's got some threes and mm-hmm. some fives in there. Um, if I'm shooting exotics, though, I'm shooting fours or fives because I like more pellets in the spread. And anyone that's ever hunted with me knows that I'm not letting you take 40-yard shots. I'm not saying they're bad shots. I'm just saying I'm not letting you take them. The bird's going to be decoying, cupped into the decoys, and you're going to be killing him at 20, 25, 30 yards. Um, so I like a lot of pellets out there. I like a lot of killing power out there, and I like a big spread out there. I also use a pretty open choke because it's like throwing a big cast net. I want to get, I want to get birds on the water, uh, but I will caveat. Cause this is what Nate was kind of alluded to with his ringer. Even Landon Blankenship, uh, the taxidermist, when we've talked to him, we, we've got an interview coming up with him in a few weeks. Nice. 
uh, he talks about the skin on the divers being thicker. And so when I hunt divers, I will grab a box of number twos. Like I want more penetrating power. I want it to be a, 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 I just want a little bit heavier shell to, to make sure that those birds, when they end up on the water, they stay planted. Um, it's a thing we don't talk about much, but one thing that bothers me and Emily, I know this bothered you is like when ducks land on the water, like you shoot ducks, they flop down under the water and then they start swimming away or swimming around or whatever. That's the thing I don't like. I like them to put their head down as quickly as possible. So they're not suffering or anything like that. Cosine. Yeah. I figured you mm-hmm. that. So anyway, um, that, that's a really good question. Cause it's a question we get all the time. What kind of shells, but again, Nate will attest to this because this is a story we told early on, on the podcast. I can get in your head about shells because a lot of people call me as a guide and they say, well, what do you shoot? And I, I used to shoot a, a full choke on my Browning with number two shells. And they're like, Oh, well, that's what I need to shoot. And I tell people all the time, you shoot what you shoot, shoot what you're comfortable with. If you're more comfortable with number fours and a open choke or whatever, mm-hmm. rock it. Nate, you remember that you changed your stoker to your. Yeah. I, I, I changed guns because I didn't have a full choke for my stoker. So I shot my 870 Remington 870 <clears throat> full choke with like three inch number twos that day. And I didn't cut a feather. I had several in your face, like 20 yard cupped committed wood duck shots I, for three or four five i don't know a bunch didn't cut a feather all day because i changed my setup so yeah if you're used to something stick with it stick with what you shoot if you're shooting something for doves and it's steel rated just switch over to it and use it and you can always dial it in cam if you stick with duck hunting and you want to stick with it you can start playing with chokes patterning your your loads and things you can get really technical about it. We have gotten technical about it, but I tell people don't complicate it from the beginning. Don't, don't just, just get out there and hunt ducks. Like let's, let's just roll with it. So I think that's going to lead into some of your, your follow-up questions you have. Well, I, I suppose one of the next ones is what's your best out of season duck practice for, for wing shooting basically, or water following. Morning place. And, and that's, you can do, if you have a sporting clays close, if you don't skeet works too, because you get some of those incoming outgoing side to side shots, but sporting clays uh, to me is like the most real world situation type shooting uh, because you're going to have the quote springing teal, the one that's 30 yards up that goes straight up. Um, you're going to have those big, long incoming over your head type shots that you're going to see sometimes in duck hunting. You're going to have those low crossers that you're going to see sometimes with like, especially teal when they're low on the water and just like zooming in, sound like fighter jets coming in. Sporting clays to me is the best. And that helps you dial in your your lead. So, and Travis has said this before, but people overthink lead all the time. It's like, I need to calculate. I need to be in two feet in front of this duck or I need to be three feet in front of this bird. It's really, it's, it's much more about instinct. It's much more about feel and just pointing, swinging with it and pulling the trigger. Um, And the more you practice, the better you get at the feel of it and the better you get at like the speed and like, I need to be, you know, throw up, lead, shoot. Like it's not, don't do a bunch of calculus in your head. Uh, and Travis likes to say it's like point a water hose. It's something moving. Because if you move a water hose, the water is going to be behind your 
hand. And so if you can get in the yard and try to hit your dog while it's running across the yard, that's kind of like a good thing to think about. So anyway, but sporting clays in my mind is probably the best option. Do you have any off-season duck tips? Off-season duck like what tips. Like, what do you do to prepare when it's not duck season or duck season? What um, do you do? Therapy. <laughs> yeah. That's it's helpful. You want to be you want to be in the right mental state to take on duck season. I'm so distracted this episode. Every time I get near the microphone, like, all I can smell on my breath is those pumpkin Reese's that you fed me earlier. <laughs> Excellent. That's literally all I can think that's about. Incredible. That's all I can think about, too, frankly. Uh, I'll give you two, Cam. One is start shopping for gear the second the season ends. That's one because you can get a lot of great deals, both from new stuff and used stuff. People like refreshing gear and stuff. That's that's one tip that kind of everybody knows, but it's worth saying. The other is wait for sales. Well, within that, wait for sales, even from the big brands, your Sitka's, mm-hmm. your Tangle. All those, all those companies will have really good sales at some point during the summer. Um, but the other thing I tell people all the time is put your duck calls on a lanyard and hang them from your rear view mirror. And when you're driving down the road by yourself, blow the duck calls. And Florida is not the duck calling Mecca. We, we tell people all the time, you don't want to overcall, but being able to do a soft quack that sounds like a model duck and getting them to turn and come in is a big deal. Being able to occasionally give them a little feeder chuckle or give them whatever you need to give them is a big deal. Being able to blow a teal call, you can turn teal with a teal call. Being able to blow a wood duck call or a whistler call, those are all important skills that you can hash out driving down the road to work every day in June, July, and August, and it makes you that much better when it comes time. People ask me all the time, how did you learn to do that? And I've had people start from scratch in a duck blind. That's not when you want to start blowing a duck call. So when you want to start blowing it is, like I said, in April, driving down the road. Also get on Roger Sporting Goods mailing list because they run sales all the time. I just picked out it picked up a final approach blind bag. My blind bag is probably 10 years old and it the one of the handles literally dry rotted apart. So I've been needing a new one. And I picked up picked up a blind bag that probably went for fifty dollars normally for fifteen dollars the other day. So get on their mailing list, and they usually have ammo. They have they're mm-hmm. one of the bigger ammo, especially steel. They're big duck hunting people. So get on their mailing list, check their flyers because they run sales all the time, and they're usually pretty good. All right, what else you got for us? How many more right. you got? You get- I could practically end it there because I I feel like we're going long on time, but I I have to address the Travis talking about using a garden hose sounds a whole lot like the old man talking about a ballistic when duck hunting with the boy. Um, maybe another book that I'll bring up in the book club at some point. Uh- <laughs> old man and the boy by Robert Rohr is one of the greatest outdoors books of all time. It's one of the greatest pieces of writing of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Rogers is the reason I have ammo. Um, they still had, 250 count boxes and number threes. And that's what showed up at my door. And that's what went with me to STA three, four. <laughs> so, so early returns, early returns. If you're, if you, the other, the other question I'll tell you that I get all the time is yep. what camo should I use? That is the most frequent question I get from clients. Um, and I'll just answer it straight up the way I answer it for them. It doesn't matter. Like ducks don't understand if it's cryptic or optifade or go ahead, Nate. Like I know you want in on that. Whatever I was just gonna say, whatever you have. 
Like, even if it's like earth tony colors, like it doesn't even have to be camo. Like, it, even if it's just like drab, earth tone, matte clothing, mm-hmm. you'll probably be okay. I am exceedingly superstitious, exceedingly superstitious around duck hunting. I'm not a little stitious. I'm superstitious. And I think it was four or five years ago. I wore an old Nike brown long sleeve t-shirt like from my basketball days. I've just had this shirt for years. I wore it and we slaughtered the ducks. Well, then I washed and wore that shirt every day. Like that was what I wore. So I had a closet full of camo, but I wore a brown t-shirt because that one I, superstitiously, I knew that it was better, it, but it, it ran out. So I haven't been able to reset that shirt in several years because it hasn't come back on the luck. But that's the question I get asked the most is what camo should I buy? Nate's exactly right. Je- jeans and a jeans and a, a an olive green t-shirt or a brown t-shirt will kill ducks as long as you're still. That's what Fred Bayer said, right? Sam, yeah. what do you think? Like, what's your prognosis? Are you going duck hunting again? Are you ready to go duck hunting again? Oh, absolutely. I there are plenty more decoys for me to shoot. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, when we had, uh, you know, a pair pair of teal come in way way to my right hand side and and both ted and justin just just hit the calls enough for for one to cup in and just scream through the spread and get the daylight scared out of it by myself and justin and eventually get killed by ted um but i'm that that was worth the 28 hours of no sleep um and still smelling like the florida everglades like that that was worth it Definitely uh, going back. Did you go? Did you go 100% deep? I at, I'm probably 200% deep at this point. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it, and like to to your point, like it only takes one duck to do it right one time, to just boil your blood with the fiery passions of a thousand suns, and you just want to go shoot every duck in America, and like that's all it takes. It all it takes, and yeah. Do you remember sitting in the boat you weren't going to shoot? I do. I distinctly remember. I I had no desire to kill an animal, and then, <laughs> and then this giant pod of was it was it teal? It was teal. Flew over us. It literally scared me because it was so loud and so fast, and I was like, "Give me a gun! Like yeah. I, I got to. I want to try." <laughs> It was pure competition. Like that's what drove it. And I, I, you know, I still, I still struggle with shooting animals, but, but that was like, yes, I felt, I felt the feeling. Well, Cameron Bissell, welcome to the ranks of duck hunters. Thank you for joining us. Um, keep up the good work with the book club and your writing and everything. We've got to get back on, on the ball. I think that's coming now that duck season's over. There'll be some more articles posted by you, but, um, thank you for joining us tonight. Nate, can you get us out of these shenanigans? Thanks for listening to Cast and Blast Florida podcast, serious outdoorsmen who don't take themselves too seriously. As always, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can figure out how to do that. You can check out our store at castandblastfl.com, click the shop link, or you can join us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. The very best thing you can do for us, though, is to invite someone else to listen to the show. Recruit us a new listener. We hope everyone has a great day and enjoy the dulcet tones of Trail Diver as they take you into your week. Bye.